Anyway, happy you're all here this evening and giving, having given yourself the gift of quiet, harmonizing of your mind and body, otherwise known as a sacred pause from busyness. I was thinking tonight because I said something about the gift that one gives to oneself when, they, when we stop, uh, that, uh, that our stopping any time, whether it's five minutes or an hour or three months, as many, peop- many people have done three-month practice periods, but any time, any day, to be able to regard our practice regardless of what shows up, whether our mind is busy or whether it's quiet, our body hurts or it feels good, to regard that time as sacred, as a time that we we pause, we stop, not so much to gain something, even though there's a lot of gain, but, um, but because it is, it is a time that can remind us, regardless of what happens, remind us of what we really value. Uh, I, I've been thinking of this quote that won't seem to come to me. I often have quotes come to me, and this, this one will not come to me, but it's something about the, uh, the gift of the, the present moment. You know, and I, I really think of the whole practice of meditation as a, an enormous gift, a gift to ourselves of a greater sense of peace, a gift of clarity, a gift of tenderness, a gift of developing a sense of a a reliable refuge in ourselves, a gift to other people when you provide them a a quiet refuge. You you provide someone else a sense of safety, uh, a sense of um, peace because we do give off whatever the state of our mind is. And it's so easy. I, I, I lead, as you know, I lead not only this class, but I lead retreats uh, everywhere. And, and people come with really a very, I think the same question uh, everywhere, which is, uh, you know, why can't I keep my daily practice going? Why do I, why do I feel uh, so resistant to sitting? Uh, why is my mind still busy? And it usually tells me that someone is, is um, there, it has to do something with the, the attitude with which one's practicing. So to Today, did you approach your practice as, if you did have a daily practice, just as a, a sacred thing? 
Your relationship to your practice is everything. If you see, as Alan Watts calls it, uh, if you relate to it as a grim duty, as a kind of self-punishment because it's good for you, if you're approaching it to get somewhere, a kind of a, a practice of self-improvement, so often the engine of that is that you don't think you're good enough in some way, that it's driven by insufficiency instead of, again, that sacred value, the, the, a time to remind yourself of, of what you value. Doesn't it feel as though if you could just reflect on your practice as a time to remind yourself of what you value, that it might be a little bit easier to sit down, to stop. Life is too precious to miss. I don't want to miss my life. I was looking at this little quote earlier tonight from Jeff Foster, who just speaks with a, I don't know him, I don't know whether he, he, he does just poetic flourishes about life and whether his life really reflects what he teaches, but I get a nice hit of, of sacredness, of poignancy in his teaching. He says, you will lose everything, your money, your power, your fame, your success, perhaps even your memories. Your looks will go. Loved ones will die. Your body will fall apart. Everything that seems permanent is impermanent and will be smashed. Experience will gradually, or not so gradually, strip away everything that, can, that it can strip away. Waking up means facing this reality with open eyes and no longer turning away. But right now, we stand on sacred and holy ground. For that which will be lost has not yet been lost. And realizing this is the key to unspeakable joy. Whoever or whatever is in your life right now has not yet been taken away from you. This may sound trivial, obvious, like nothing, but really it is the key to everything and the why and how and wherefore of existence. Impermanence has already rendered everything and everyone around you so deeply holy and significant and worthy of your heartbreaking gratitude. Loss has already transfigured your life into an altar. Now, how many of us approach our life with that kind of sacredness, and especially our practice. Because Alan Watts, when he talks about practice becoming a grim duty, he says the, the purpose of your life is always arrived at in the present moment. Not somewhere down the road. He says, you don't make music. I know I repeat this a lot here because this quote is, to me, very brilliant. He says, you don't make music in order to reach the end of the composition. If that were the purpose, the fastest players would be the best. 
You don't dance in order to arrive at a particular place on the floor, as in taking a journey. When you make music, the music itself is the point. When you dance, the dancing itself is the point. The same is true in our meditation. The purpose of practice, purpose in some ways of our life, is always arrived at in the immediate moment. Therefore, if you, if you practice trying to get somewhere, I, I forgot how he says it, he says, you're really not meditating. He says, and if you're practicing, it's not meant to be a grim duty. It's not meant to be self-punishment. It's meant to be a digging of the present, a grooving with the eternal now, and to see that the place where it's at is simply here and now. So our, our longing is for what we care about is happiness and peace. And if we can't stop to enjoy the happiness and peace that is the natural happiness, peace of our nature and keep going out of ourselves looking for it, we miss the sacred that is so ever-present. And then the more I'm practicing for self-improvement or to get somewhere, the tighter my mind gets, the tighter my body gets. And then stopping does feel like a, a chore. It feels like it's hard. But somehow I was thinking tonight, if I could just approach my meditation practice as a regardless of what happens, as a sacred moment, a moment to remind myself of what I really value. And then it, for some reason, that just makes me want to practice. I don't know, about, how about you? Make you want to practice? To make you want to just keep buzzing along unconsciously? spinning our wheels and some as in samsara's vicious cycle, living in this kind of false, false notions of what will make you whole and happy and peaceful, missing the, the happiness and peace that's already here as Gandan Rinpoche says, happiness can't be found through great effort and willpower, but it's already present in open relaxation and letting go. So don't strain yourself, he says. And I think a lot of the way that we practice daily or don't is because there's a quality of strain. It's, it's like, I'm supposed to, I should, it's good for you. He says, don't strain yourself. There's nothing to do or to undo. Let's see if I have that quote with me. I'm reading it. Don't have it with me. It says, don't strain yourself. There's nothing to do on it. 
Just notice how everything appears and disappears, vanishes and reappears, time without end. Only our searching for happiness prevents us from seeing it. It's like a vivid rainbow that you, that you try to catch or something. He says, trying to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. But as soon as you open that tight fist of grasping, infinite space is there, open, inviting, and comfortable. So make use of this this spaciousness, this freedom, natural ease. Don't search any further. Don't go into the tangled jungle looking for the awakened elephant who's already resting quietly at home in front of your own fireplace. Stop. Because you love yourself. You love peace. You love truth, the way things actually are. I don't mean the way the world is. I mean the way things are in this moment. You don't want to miss it. It's sacred. This is the only moment we have. Can't assume anything about what's next. And whatever happened before is, whoop, back with the pharaohs, as my friend Jack says. There's only this. So of course, I I imagine, I shouldn't say of course, but I imagine that Tuesday night is time where you stop and you may treat it as sacred, as a sacred pause. But why wait until Tuesday? Of course, we do get get a certain lifting power, a little support from sitting with other people. It's delicious. But there's, there's lifting power in just our immediate environment, wherever we are. Just, it's not just on Tuesday night if I wake up. If I pause for a moment, I sit, I was doing it this evening in the little empanada cafe around the corner. I just looked around at the people who were coming in and out, people who were walking along on the street, and nothing much was going on, but it was all amazing. And the thing that was amazing is that I wasn't asleep. We sleepwalk and then seem to postpone, postpone taking life in until the weekend or whatever, whatever it is we're waiting for. Why not all the time? Turn your whole life into sacred practice, a reminder of, of what you value. It's such a gift that you have as your own natural state. And all that the, the, the gift is really the, 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 in some ways, the light of attention. That there, this, 
this inexhaustible resource in us, at least while we're alive, we have this thing called awareness. And it seems miraculously that whatever it shines on uh, tends to, it tends to open things, tends to clarify things, it tends to tenderize things. So the more time I spend in this kind of openness, I'm, I'm more clear, I'm more open. I'm, I'm more kind. Just can't help it. I, I don't know if I shared this last week, but I this the Hafez poem that it just rolls in my mind so often. It's the one that um, it's called. Um, I don't know what the name is, but it goes like like this: How did the rose ever open its heart? and give to this world all its beauty. It felt 